Welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you in your journey of faith. Enjoy the message. All right, man, so good to be with you today. Thank you for being here. And those of you that are tuning in online, welcome. We are so glad to have you with us. I know the Lord's going to speak to our hearts tonight just in prepping. This has been a, a uh, great week in, in the sense of God's just been speaking to me and addressing things in my life about my prayer life. How many of you know that's a good thing? When our prayer life goes to a different level, our lives go to a different level. Um, and I, I want to bring our attention back. I felt like the Lord gave me this, this analogy, and, and I want to put it in front of you. Um, you know, prayer is such a foundational place of our lives. It's not something that, that after walking with the Lord for a while that, that we, we graduate to this different type of prayer. Jesus laid the foundation, and foundations are so vital. You know, I, I love the example of, of Jack Nicholas. So Jack Nicholas is one of the, you know, really considered the, the greatest golfer. If you're, if you're not a golfer, I'm sorry. This is all I got for an analogy right now. So... But Jack was well into his career, I think 17 years into his career. And by that time, he had 15 majors, 68 victories on tour, averaged four victories or four tournaments a year. And then he got to 1979. And 1979 was like his version of 2020 for us because it all stopped. All the victories, everything stopped. Somebody that had seen nothing but success over and over and over. And this is what he did in 1979. He went to his coach and he said, hi, I don't know anything about golf. I don't know how to hold a golf club. I don't know how to stand. Will you teach me how to play golf? And his coach began to walk him back through the fundamentals of what it was to play the game of golf. The next year, 1980, he stepped into 1981, two majors, and went back to the level of play, even exceeding where he was before. It was not graduating to another place. It was going to the foundations of what it was. And that's what the Lord is inviting us to, is to not to, to look and say, well, I got to get to some supernatural place. No, am I walking in the foundations and the simplicity of what Jesus put in front of us when he said, this is how you pray. And so we're going to continue with that. If you would, would you stand up on your feet? Today we're going to, we're going to jump back in and we're going to read uh, Matthew chapter 6. And we are all the way through verse 10. And so we, we uh, two weeks ago, Pastor Phil was here in Estero. I was in Cape Coral. And we, we talked about the kingdom of God. And the prayer of saying, thy kingdom come. Lord, we ask that your kingdom would come, that it would fill and reign in my heart and in this earth around me. And tonight we're going to jump into uh, the will of God and praying the will of God. So read with me. We're going to start. We're going to read all the way through. So we're going to start in, in um, verse uh, number five and go all the way through verse 15. So here we go. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. 
But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who is in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on or in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Lord, we invite you to speak to our hearts. We open our hearts to you today. Holy Spirit, would you impress your will upon our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we said it right away. You may be seated. Uh, We said it right away. What is first matters. It matters that that the response of our lives, and I loved even how how Pastor Christie was sharing about the fruit of the Holy Spirit being the response to the external pressure and the external voices that we see around us. But what determines that? What determines that 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 is what's going to come out of? us in these times. I have to submit to you there are certain times that that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is not the first thing that comes out of me in pressuring times. Um, Recently, I've discovered something. Just because you have two sinks in your bathroom with your wife does not mean that one of those sinks is yours. We have two sinks in the master bathroom, and, and I'm learning not only is it not mine, but it's hers. And then lately it's been like whatever daughter wants to walk into our bathroom and use it. It's it's just one of those things that's amazing. And so sometimes I'll be there and I'll be I'll be trying to get ready and I don't ask for much. It doesn't take a lot. I just need just a few moments. But I can't get to my sink. I can't get to my space. And it's in those times that the pressure of my will being compromised that sometimes what comes out of me is not grace and love and joy and peace. Am I alone in this kind of response? Okay, all right. Thank you, Pastor Phil. Pastor Phil said, I'm not alone. (laughs) If I'm not alone, you're watching online, throw me a heart emoji or something. Let me know that you're with me. And so in this pressure, what determines what comes out? And I want to submit to you, it is this foundational place of prayer that is the transforming part because the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of God in us is not an outside-in work. It is an inside-out work. Jesus established this right away. He said, you don't pray like hypocrites. You don't pray for the pleasure and and the the accolades of others. This isn't about who sees you and who recognizes you. This is about you and your father. Go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father who sees and knows you in secret. Allow him to reward you. Don't be satisfied with the rewards that you would get from public. 
And so it's in that place that, that the work of the Holy Spirit is, is done in our hearts so that when pressure comes on us, so that when, when our will is pushed on and, and life goes in different ways than we want it to, then what comes out of us when everyone around us could be freaking out and, and losing their minds, the peace of God is there. The joy of God is there. The Holy Spirit and His voice is found. And it's determined by this foundational place. And so I want us to, to, to dive into this and just open our hearts as, as we look at this. We're moving in, in, in this part of the Lord's Prayer from the praise part. We're moving in this part where, where our hearts are centered around, around the Lord. We've said, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. There's no one like you. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In earth as it is in heaven. That distinction is really important. You know, sometimes I think when we see that and we say on earth, we can look out and, and, and just say, Lord, on earth, let your will be done on everything around us. But we miss a very important piece that it's in earth. You see, your bodies and my bodies are made of what? It, they are made of earth. And so there's a prayer as we, as we recognize this and we look at this, that it's not just, Lord, let your will be done out there, but it's, Lord, let your will be done in this earth right here. And we're moving in the Lord's Prayer into the, the part where the petitions, the things that, that are desires in our lives, that we're bringing them to the Lord. And yet the Lord's so intentional about how he walks us there. And he's so intentional about preparing that our heart wouldn't be at a place that could not support the answers to the prayers of our lives. He, he's more intentional with us. He's more concerned with the depth of our lives and the depth of our heart than he is in answering every prayer that we bring to him. You know, on Sundays... Uh, my oldest two daughters usually ride home from from uh, service with me, and we've gotten in this in this habit. Our time in the car, we'll talk, and and we uh, we've been getting into. I've been introducing different type of music genres to them, and so like I, I take this responsibility. Like I, I have to make sure that my kids are they're just well rounded in music. You know, it's just one of those things that. And so like we've gone through all these different genres, and this last week I'm like, all right, I'm going to introduce them to country music. We're going to see how this is going. If that's not spiritual for you, then I'm sorry. But I like doing this. I like introducing my girls. And so I, we started going through some country music. We, we, I started with George Strait. I think is a good place to start. Yeah, okay, all right. There's some believers in the house. That's good. <laughs> and then we went to the pinnacle. We went to the man who is a fellow Okie, Mr. Garth Brooks. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> And so we started talking about, because Brother Garth, we'll call him Brother Garth just for, <laughs> no, he has this, this song where he talks about thanking God for unanswered prayers. You guys know it. All right. Okay. And so we got into this discussion about how to respond. What about the prayers in our life? And so they started asking me, Daddy, are, 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 do you have prayers that you're glad that God didn't answer? And I said, Yes. For every time I dated a girl before I met your mom, <laughs> number one, I look back. And so we started getting into this. 
You know, sometimes I think we look at the will of God in this place of petition as this, this fearful place that God doesn't want us to step into. And yet the Gospels are full of Jesus saying, ask. Your Father's waiting for you. Seek and you will find. Ask and it will be given. He even says the words, if you ask anything in my name, it would be given to you. It will be given to you. Why would he do that? Why would he say something so absolute and so strong if he didn't want us to bring our request to him? You see, bringing our petitions to the Lord is not something that we need to be fearful of. God created us to do that. You know, he created you in his image and he has a will. And so you have a will. And we have this will, and he does not just ramrod over our will. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The enemy wants to ramrod over the will of people. God is, is one that has given you a free will to walk with him. And so he invites us to this place of knowing his will. I love this quote by Pastor Bill Johnson. He said, we were not designed to just pray. We have been designed to pray and get answers. My friends, I, I want us to, to realize that God's will is there for us to know. You know, Ephesians chapter 1 talks about it and refers to it as a mystery, but, but it says this. This is not on the screen. This is Ephesians 1.9. It says, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God? What is good and acceptable and perfect? I have so many instances in, in just walking with people and being in, in the role of a pastor of people coming to me and saying things like, Pastor Josh, I want to know what God's will for my life is. I want to know if this is God's will. I want to know if it's God's will for me to marry this person or be in this relationship or buy this house. I want to know what God's will is. And the Word of God says that His will is not a mystery that, that cannot be discovered. It's that it's there for us. You can know the will of God. So I want us to walk through just some practical things, some practical truths on how we know the will of God. So uh, let's look at this in verse 10 again. It says, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. The first thing I want us to know about God's will is this. So this is point 1A. God's will is not my will. Isn't that encouraging? God's will is not my will. Say, well, Pastor Josh, I know that. I know, but I know that every day. And yet every day there is this peace called my flesh that rises up and say, God, I need you to come through this way. Lord, I know that you're good, but God, I need to see it like right now and right here. This needs to go differently. This needs to be differently. 
God's will is not my will. First Peter chapter four, verse two says, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking for, for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Now think about that. Whoever has said the, in that battle and that conflict of saying, oh, I want my way in this situation and has embraced the suffering of saying, okay, not my way, has ceased from sin so as to live for the rest of time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. Surrender to the will of God. Dallas Willard says this. This is a quote we brought up a few weeks ago. The biggest enemy to God's kingdom in my life is not Satan's kingdom. It is my kingdom. This is the battle that we have for our hearts. It is not that the enemy would come in and rob us. It is that our own flesh would stand up and say, my way, my will. James chapter 4, this is in the, the Message Bible. And Eugene Peterson is one of my favorite theologians. He, he's home with the Lord now. And I, I just want to tell you, if you've never read any books by Eugene Peterson, it will be a joy of your life. He's the good kind of honorary pastor. Like, he's a little bit of a rascal, and he's as real as it gets. And he, he wrote the, the message version. And this is what he says in James chapter 4. He says, where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Do you think they just happen? Think again. They come about because you want your own way and fight for it deep inside yourselves. You lust for what you don't have and are willing to kill to get it. You want what isn't yours and will risk violence to get your hand on it. You wouldn't think of just asking God for it, would you? And why not? Because you know you'd be asking for what you have no right to. Now remember, this is, this is Eugene saying this, not me. You are spoiled children, each wanting your own way. You're cheating on God. If all you want is your own way, flirting with the world every chance you get, you end up as enemies of God and His way. And you suppose God doesn't care. The proverb says that He is a fiercely jealous lover. And what He gives in love is far better than anything else you'll find. It's common knowledge that God goes against the willful proud. God gives grace to the willing humble. So let God work His will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and He will be there in no time. There is a position that, that is only accessible in our hearts when our flesh and the will of what we want is compromised. When we are pushing up against, and, and there, there's so many different examples that we will run into daily. I, I look back and I think about the, the relationships that I was stepping in. And, and when I was running from the Lord and, and, and trying to find love and trying to find uh, the right one for me. Just the way that, that God's goodness was there inviting and drawing me. And I ran my head into a wall over and over and over trying to do it my way. And yet in the moment of surrender, see, I met Anna before we got, we, we really were okay. 
Anna and I had met and dated. I love to tell people that she dumped me three times. There was just a lot of brokenness that was needed in my life. She had to, there was a lot of pride that she had to deal with. And so she was the Lord's handmaiden just working out the pride of my life. But we were both running from the Lord. And, and, and when we were doing that, it, our, our relationship was like a dumpster fire. And it had to die in its present, or in, in the way that it was. And it wasn't until it died and it, it, was, it was such a, a confusing time for me because I was in this place of knowing I, I've never felt about another woman the way I felt about Anna. I had never met anybody like her. I knew that, that she was the woman I wanted to marry, and I ruined it. And so when it ended, I looked at that and was like, Lord, what, what do I do? I don't, know, I, I don't know how to fix this. I've been running from you. And so I, I just made this decision. I was going to take one step towards Jesus every day for the rest of my life. But something happened when we let our relationship the way it was die, and it ended. And I let go of it. Because then, when I let go of it, then the Lord stepped in. And when He raises something up, then it has strength. When He speaks life into our lives, then there's endurance. But it requires us to let go. So here's point 1B. So point 1A is God's will is not my will. Point 1B is God's will is so much better than my will. I don't know why we're so negative about the will of God. You know, sometimes I hear pastors talk about it even where they're preaching and they're saying, "Well, I fought it and then I just surrendered to the call." I just decided to give in and do what God called me to do. Like, I, I, I want you to hear this clearly. I, I am having an absolute blast doing what I get to do. I love being a pastor. I love getting to, to, to live and the energy of my life going to the, to the family of God and the community of believers. I love it. Wouldn't trade it for any other job in the world. I love what I get to do. God's will is not a step back in our lives. I don't know why we're negative about it. I remember when, we, when my family, my dad moved us, and he, he took a church in Minnesota. So I was an Oklahoma kid, and in 1989, he moved us to, to Minnesota. And my first year there, my first winter, I had a bunch of friends. I was in sixth grade. I had a bunch of friends that took me to a place called Buck Hill. So Minnesota doesn't have mountains. They have hills. And, but you ski down them. And, and they have some decent runs or whatever. And so I had never skied before. I'm with a group of friends. And they took me up to the top of Buck Hill. Like no bunny hill experience, nothing. Like get on the chairlift with us. We're going up there. And so I'm at the top of Buck Hill. And I get up there. And they all just go down the hill. They had been skiing their whole lives. And so they just went and left me at the top of Buck Hill. And so I didn't know what to do. And I'm going down. And it was a black diamond run. And so I am bombing this run. Just, I didn't know how to stop. I didn't know how to turn. And so I am going at Mach 10 down this hill. And I want you to know, I promise God everything. <laughs> Didn't withhold a thing. Lord, I will go to China. I will go to the worst parts of the world. You want me to go to the Muslim countries where they're beheading Christians? I'll go. Just let me live through this run. 
We can have such a negative connotation for the will of God, like it is a step back from what we would choose for our lives. I want to submit to you that if, you, if God himself gave you a notebook and said, write whatever you want for your life, fill it up, and I'll see that it happens, that it would not compare to one day of living, following him, surrendered to his will. God's will is better than my will. Jesus said it this way in the book of Luke. He, he said, uh, where do I have it? John, excuse me, book of John, John chapter 12, verse 24. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever, lo- whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. What is he talking about? He's talking about that place in us that place in our flesh that says, my way. And it's a daily battle. It's something every day I get up and that flesh is, it's alive and well. That's what Paul said, I die daily. And you know what we do with our flesh? We take it to the cross. Your flesh can't be negotiated with. It can't be talked down. It just has to be crucified. And we say, no, my life is no longer my own. I have surrendered my life to Jesus. And the story he is writing is way better than any story I could write on my own. God's will is so much better than my will. Our last point I want you to to grab onto is that the will of God is to be thankful no matter what. The will of God is to be thankful no matter what. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says this, Rejoice, always pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, we're we're at at a place in our world today where mental torment is at a height. The anxiety that that we as people in our culture uh, have, are dealing with and are recognizing that this is, this is just a, a widespread issue. This issue is one that I want you to know God has not left us in this time. And I want your hearts encouraged tonight because when God looked at your life and he, the purpose that He alone has and the way that He sees this and the way that He organized it, He looked and He said, of all the times in history... I'm going to make sure that they live, they are needed as my people to live in 2020. And we look at that and we're like, well, Lord, you had a perfect record up till then. Because I I don't know what to think about 2020. No, I want your heart encouraged. God said you were destined to live this year. And he did not put you in this time in history for you to be crushed by the voices of anxiety and fear and to live in torment. And this peace on thankfulness, this will of God in our lives. See, here's the wonderful thing in these places that we're talking about, and we're going to do this in just a minute. We're going to apply this. We're going to surrender and say, Lord, not my will, your will be done. And then we're going to give thanks because it's in this place of thanks that the walls of our heart the walls of peace in our mind are entrenched. See, he, he's given us a promise of peace. I want you to see this. This is Isaiah chapter 60, verse 18. 
Violence shall no more be heard in your land. Devastation or destruction within your borders. And you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. Call your walls salvation and your gates praise. If you would, would you just envision your life as a city? And there's protection for that city. And the word gives us two, two pictures of that protection. One is salvation. That the walls around our, our, our heart and our lives and our minds would be this wall of salvation that we know that God has done for us. He has made available to every single one. But there's this peace that is our peace and it says your gates praise. And I just wonder if some of the anxiety and the mental torment that, that we may be experiencing and others are going through are because the gates of their city are not established. That the praise and the gratitude, the thankfulness that is there, that their ears haven't heard their mouth say. And I want to submit to you tonight that there's a place that places us in the will of God. There is a step that puts us right into the will of God for our lives that you can take in an instant. And it's a place of saying, Lord, thank you. Lord, I praise you. I thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you that I have breath in my lungs. Thank you that you have purpose that I, I, I can't see that you have. And even in the hardest of times, your will will be done in my life. Would you stand to your feet? Today, I want us just to, to practice and just to apply this. I don't want to read through it all. And, and Isaiah 53 is this piece because this is the way the, the Word of God goes. It, it, it puts a, a direction in front of us and us in our own strength say, I can't do it. And then the Word of God reminds us that Jesus did it and then invites us to this place of knowing we can do it because He did it. And in the hardest times of our will saying, God, why? It doesn't, shouldn't be this way. It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. I want you just to remember Isaiah 53, that he went first. Isaiah 53 is the, it's the clearest picture that we have of Jesus on the cross. It wasn't from the disciples. Most vivid picture that we have of Jesus taking the sins of the world comes from the prophecy of, of Isaiah. Verse 10 says, Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. You say, what is that? It means that Jesus went first. Then in the garden, he said, my soul is in anguish. I know what's in front of me. I know the weight of the sin that I'm about to take on. Lord, if there's any way, let this cup pass. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. 
And so when we pray and our response in the pressures and in the, in the, in the hard places of our lives, when we say, God, I don't like it, but Lord, I stick my foot in the ground and with determination, knowing your goodness, I say, not my will, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. There's no arguments over the will of God in heaven, is there? And this is our place of contention, that we're going to contend for this and say, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done right where you're at. I want you just to take a moment. If you're watching online, take a moment and let's just do two things. Let's breathe just a prayer of surrender. Say, Jesus, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, we surrender to you afresh and anew. And Lord, it's not a burden to surrender. It's not, a, it's not something that, that we are losing anything. God, we are gaining everything by releasing control, relinquishing control to you. And we're able to do it, God, because your Holy Spirit fills us. And your Holy Spirit reminds us that you went first. And so, Lord, we say thank you. Right where you're at, just breathe a prayer of thanks. Tell him thank you. Let's let the gates of our lives be established and built. Lord, right now we release anxiety. God, I just come against the anxiety, the mental torment that can fill the minds of your people. Lord, we choose to be people that are thankful, that keep it in front of us. God, I pray for those ones who maybe their ears haven't heard their voice praising you and thanking you. God, we purpose right now to praise you and to thank you. Lord, we purpose to look beyond our circumstance and say, Lord, you're good and you are at work. Your will is good in my life. Lord, today we choose to say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, I want to thank everyone that was joining us online. Thank you for being with us. We pray God's best over you. There's a link there for prayer requests. We want to partner with you and pray the will of God, His goodness over you. And so bless you. Thank you for being with us. Pastor Christie's got some announcements for you. Amen. Amen. Well, before I, I close our, our time together, I want to remind you that, that our prayer team is going to be on the sides of the platform as we close. And so if you're here and, you're com and you feel comfortable asking for prayer, we will be here. And um, we want to pray with you. And so we love you. If you would, would you lift your hands? I want to pray a blessing prayer over you. God, I thank you for your goodness, your strength. Lord, I pray courage over everyone that's in hard situation who is wrestling with the truth of your word. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would speak as only you can, that you would minister as only you can. And Lord, we say thank you. Thank you for going first. Lord, thank you for surrendering your will. Lord, to the will of the Father. And Lord, because you did, that same spirit lives on the inside of us. And Lord, it reminds us, Lord, I pray your hand, your blessing over everyone in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Praise God.
Amen. Well, I'll invite the prayer team up here. We love you guys. We look forward to seeing you next week. We hope you were encouraged by the message today. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like, subscribe, or share it with someone. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.